Hello there, everyone. Welcome back to the Great Transylvanian Bite-Off, where we will be pitting the government of Romania against every Dracula in the world. My name is Daniel Kunkel. <laughs> and I am Evan Morkaw. And this week we watched Dracula 3 Legacy. Sorry, Wes Craven's Dracula 3 Legacy. <laughs> um, it was released in 2005. Wonderful 90-minute flick. This is the... Uh, trilogy finale that started with Dracula 2000 and Dracula 2 Ascension. Uh, this film stars Jason Scott Lee as a badass father Uffizi. Uffizi? Uffizi. They give him Uffizi. a bit of a T. Yeah. Um, Jason London, Roy Schneider, Diane Neal, and most importantly, the main man, Rutger Hauer as Dracula. Um, this... I liked it. <laughs> You're just starting with that. <laughs> I, ju I just liked it. And Getting I can't it out of the way. Once, cause, well, because once we dive into the plot, I'm going to talk about all the things that are dumb. Right. But, but it worked for me. Something about this clicked in the right way. It was just scary enough when they introduced Dracula. Mm-hmm coupled with just just silly enough on the front end to really work for me yeah um, i don't know if you were feeling it i i felt it a lot me. of it i mean i think what bears uh mentioning really like really impressive scenery uh starting with the second movie in this trilogy they start filming on location um so a lot of this mm. is filmed near the carpathian mountains and it's cool as fuck man like it looks great the castle's awesome the scenery is great uh spoiler alert they go through a little like what is it is it a circus like evil circus vamps yeah there is a circus that's in town this whole movie takes place in, in romania we should say yes um, besides There's... the opening scene which is, doesn't matter but yeah. the whole movie's in in uh romania like you said on location and it's awesome and you can absolutely feel it yeah absolutely it's got a cool vibe it's got some great um you know who, who's the cinematographer for this douglas milsom douglas good shit buddy um he sets the scene really really nicely you get you get some really fun visuals some some cool it's got atmosphere a lot mm -hmm. of these movies struggle in the like creating the correct tone um this yes. one Hits on a lot of old vampire movie kind of tropes and not in too cheesy a way. It works. This feels, it feels a ton like The Crow. It feels yes. kind of like The Matrix in that everyone's got a long coat on, but it feels like, it feels like what the creators of like Underworld think their movies feel. And even, even Blade Trinity, it's what they yeah. feel like their movie is. But it doesn't. It, it, it doesn't quite make it. Something about this puts it over the top. I don't know if it's the onset. I don't know if it's that everybody is like in it a hundred percent. I don't know what it is about it. It just clicks. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, look, I'm I'm not going to sit here and be like, I love this movie. Everybody should go watch it. Hidden gem. Mm -hmm. But it's got some nice qualities. Um. And among them, as you said, Rutger Hauer, perhaps the greatest Dutch actor of all time. Uh, I don't know if you looked at his Wikipedia. That's how it starts. It's great. Um, I would uh, agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have to agree with it off the top because um, I don't know of any other Dutch actors. But uh, he's he's really only in this movie for, what, the last 30 minutes, maybe? 
35 that yeah Yeah, it's it's really a pretty brief performance but he he comes in and and you know he's hitting it out of the park right away i think he's quite good his introduction uh we'll get there but his introduction may be uh maybe our first perfect entrance besides bella yeah i agree his entrance is phenomenal um it is it is all very scary. I was reading a bit more about Douglas Milsom, and I think it makes sense when you start to read about he um, was the cinematographer on Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, Kevin Costner, mm-hmm. um, Morgan Freeman. Great, great movie. Well, maybe not, but um, he was a frequent <laughs> collaborator of Stanley Kubrick uh, and John Alcott. He was the cinematographer for Full Metal Jacket as well. Like, um, yeah. That was his first movie. Um, and he did a couple of other stuff that I, I don't recognize as much. Uh, he was the camera operator for Highlander, stuff like that. But um, uh, and and for Clockwork Orange, good lord! Um, <laughs> and he was a camera operator Shining. for The Shining. <laughs> yeah, holy cow! So this, like, I think it. I think I've come back around. I think it is actually. You can the mountains. Most of this movie takes place. Mm-hmm. There's most of it is in this town, and then the last half of this movie until they get to Dracula's castle, which is a a real ass crumbling castle. Yeah, most of this movie's in the mountains of Romania, and it just I mean, you can touch the walls and feel like that damp mountain rock. Like it, it just works. It's not CG. I don't think there's a there's like a couple of shots in this that are CG, but I feel like so much of this is practical, yeah, for better and for worse. Yeah. Some of the some of <laughs> some of Uffizi's weapons are um, a little strange, I think. Yeah. But um, let's just dive into this. So this takes place um, what they call the the near future, but because <laughs> it was released in 2005, that probably means like 2012. Yeah. Um. So this is the. I didn't feel like we missed anything from the previous movie. There's kind of a quick recap in the opening credits, which I appreciate. Didn't really feel like I needed it. I agree. Um, This place, according to Wikipedia, it's five years after the events of Dracula 2 Ascension. Right. Um, So there is this dude, Jason Scott Lee, father of Fitzy, and there is uh, Jason London is Luke. They are these vampire hunters. In the beginning, they work for the church. I don't know if it's the Vatican or just the church, air quotes. Yeah. Um, But he is a father. Um, And so they, like, trace down these vampires. They're looking for Dracula. Dracula has kidnapped uh, Luke's girlfriend, um, who he loves very dearly. I believe that's in the previous movie. Yeah, I think yeah. that's in the previous movie. And then Diane Neal got too busy doing probably Law and Order to <laughs> come back for this. Um, so she, this would have, yeah, this is like right in the middle of, yeah, law, of SVU. Um, yeah, so she was busy doing Law and Order. So she comes back at the very end of this movie. So they, um, they go to who I assume is a bigger character in the previous movies. They go to this other father and uh, Ufizi's like, you got, I got to go to London. And they're like, you've disappeared for five years, presumably from the last movie. Where have you been? He's like, I've been hunting vampires. That's what you told me to do. I'm a, and they're like, you're a weapon of God. We know it. But um, you got to like check in with us some more, man. <laughs> and that doesn't flow with Jason Scott Lee. So he, um, he defrocks himself. I did not know that there was a formal term for it but he he gives him his white collar back and still dresses like a kung fu ninja priest the whole movie <laughs> just without the little white collar um so they go to romania which 
is fascinating in this movie because NATO has just taken over Romania in this movie. There are like peacekeepers everywhere. Yeah. Why it's NATO and not the UN, I don't know. <laughs> it feels like they, it, they wrote it as UN and maybe they ordered NATO costumes and were like, oh, shit. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, I guess just change it to NATO. <laughs> just Honest, change it. Honestly, they really don't say a whole lot about why Romania is as fucked as it is. Uh, that It doesn't really go into detail here. It's like vaguely hinted at, I think we're supposed to understand that like vampires are taking over the government of Romania. Yes, I think because, so. Yeah, there are these rebels who we meet later on and like, the, it's I kind of like it. There's They have a demand where they are like, every government official has to make at least one appearance in sunlight. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I like it a lot. I think that's cool. I think it's kind of a, a an interesting twist on vampires like taking over things where I like how they're just unapologetically taking things over and people who are trying to fight them, they're just like, ah, oh, they're they're communist rebels. Don't listen to them. Yeah. I think it's kind of cool. Um, I, I agree. And and it sets it it sets up a cool dynamic of like official, unofficial it exploits kind of the gray area between what's good and what's bad in this. Um, and there's a yeah. lot of that. Jason Scott's Lee is sort of like infected with the vampire uh, gene or whatever it is in this movie. I assume movie. he was bitten in the last movie. Yeah. Um, and so he's kind of, you know, working against them, but he is one of them. And there's uh, it embraces a lot of that, like, who who do you believe? What do you believe kind of idea? It's cool. I think the mo- one of the most interesting parts, we eventually, there's a whole lot of, they just drive around in the Romanian countryside. There are these guys who go around and capture humans to give to the vampires. Yeah. So they stop them briefly. Um, but then they find Julia, who is a, it's not the BBC, but it's basically the BBC. <laughs> uh, she's a reporter and her cameraman, their helicopter crashed. Um, so they just spent most of this movie really is this one night of them trying to keep her safe, Julia. Yep. Um, so they like trying to keep her safe and they're looking around this village in Romania, the city in Romania. Um, and as you mentioned earlier, there's a circus in town. And I thought the setup of the, I don't know if the delivery paid off as well, but I think the setup of the circus where they like walk into this town, they see just dead bodies around and they see one of them holding a pamphlet for the circus. Yeah. And then they burn all these bodies and then it's night. I love that. That's freaky as hell because all I could think was like, is the circus traveling around infecting people right. or like were they infected here i, I, I done a whole movie off of them honestly it was cool and like i can't be alone here clowns are terrifying All I so right think. off the bat i'm thinking vampire clown horror movie and i'm vampire in clown i hate it i hate it so much but we do eventually meet some vampire clowns we meet um one of the gymnasts and we meet um a stilt walker yeah. and he's just <laughs> He's just walking around on stilts and he's like, ha! he's like walking around and then the gym just like tumbles out from between his legs. Um, it's great. I like, um, we've never, I don't know if we've ever mentioned it before. Um, I think at some point we'll maybe watch a little bit of Castlevania, the mm-hmm. show that is all about fighting Dracula. The Fitzy's totally got some Castlevania vibes with the whip because mm-hmm. he's got a whip and he's got this weird scythe. Uh, mini scythe yeah mini saw thing i don't really know what it, it is can, he can it's kind cool. of flick it out it's cool it's fun it's a cool thing but he he just looks like a video game character and when yeah. he's fighting this clown he fights him like it's a video game boss yeah. um 
we can breeze through a lot of this. The plot, I feel like the atmosphere stands up more than the plot, right? Absolutely. The plot is lacking. And like, that's not just because we haven't seen the the setup movies. Like, no, Mm -mm. the plot is lacking. But... Again, it, the the vibe, the tone, the scenery makes up for a lot of what you don't get informationally, and it lets you kind of fill in the blanks as you go, which is cool. And 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 Jason Scottley, I mean, I carries the movie until Rucker Hauer comes in. He is like so straight about it all, yeah. but is also like cracking jokes a little bit. I re- I really really like him in this movie. Yeah, um, I think it would have been really easy for him to kind of drop the ball on this and play it a little too like well whatever. Yeah. Um you know, it's a silly movie, but he but he really does go for it. Um and I I I like it and I think I think it would have fell apart without him a little bit. Yeah. Um So, yeah, they fight these vampire clowns in the morning. The oh. worst part of this movie is Julia and and Uffizi. I I agree, but I will. We also got to oh, give a shout out real quick to um, Julia's cameraman. After he gets turned by a vampire <sighs> clown, yeah. he runs to the church where they're hiding Julia, and they have a, a great little confrontation there. Um, ignore the dialogue of the scene and stay for the moment where he gets shot to the head with the arrow falls backwards and the vat of holy water spills onto his face. I don't know what they did to do it, but it's a cool sort of uh, disintegrating effect that it has on his face. Yeah. Um, and it's slow. It's a very slow melting. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, it's, it's both, it's a, the clown sequence gave us both the worst death, which is our stilted vampire clown <laughs> getting his stilt stuck in a drain. It cracks. He then stumbles backwards and falls on it, thus impaling himself. Dumbest death in the movie. Best death in the movie, though. Arrow through the head. Holy water splash. Disintegration. Cool effect. There was supposed to be some 3D effects in this movie, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of shots where it's yeah. like it's just like in in mid 2000s movies where like an like Final Destination did it the worst. I think yeah. where like a thing goes through a head and they like turn towards the camera and it's just like it breaks the weird like flat lensness of a camera and it yeah. looks like there's supposed to be a bad 3d effect going on and there, there isn't. Yeah. Um, I did, I did neglect my favorite line in the movie where they stop those guys who are, uh, kidnapping people for blood <laughs> and Luke tries to hold these people up. Uffizi's clearly like the badass of the group. You can tell cause he wears sunglasses in the day um, <laughs> or at night, excuse me. And he just wears them all the time. Um, but Luke's like trying to hold this guy up and he just gets fed up and he screams out the line. <clears throat> tell them to drop their clips or I'll spread your brain like jam on toast. <laughs> and Jason Scott Lee has like the best reaction cutaway where he's just like, and like <laughs> raises his eyebrows a little bit and nods a little bit. And even the bad guy's like, Oh, that's pretty oh. badass, man. Okay. <laughs> um, so they go, they're like, Julia, here's a car. Julia is now in love with, uh, Jason Scott Lee. It's the worst part of the movie. Yeah, it's, it's the bad. worst part of the movie. They, they, it's literally overnight. And she spends most of the night with Luke. Like, Jason Scott Lee's gone all night, but then dude, he shows back in the morning. He's like, all right, this car will get you back to, to Bucharest and you can go and go back to London, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, oh, a little awkward, little, little awkward smooch on the lips. 
And then I, and then, oh God. And then she shows up later on. They go, Luke and Uffizi go, they driving around, they're driving around the mountains. They get captured by these rebels. The rebels are there. Pretty cool scene where they like take them to the rebel leader and they're like, what are you doing here? And they're like, we're fighting Dracula. And the leader's like, ha Dracula doesn't exist. And he's like, I think you know he does. And they they take Jason Scott Lee's glasses off and he's like, oh, maybe you do know what you're talking about. And he just puts <laughs> the glasses back on him. I kind of liked that scene. Um, but I kind of liked, sh- liked the rebel hideout too. I thought it was kind of cool. I love it. Yeah. It's this weird... Again, like not a set, clearly an actual thing where it's just these random stone steps, very steep up into a little crevice in the mountain. Yeah. And they all walk in there and there's some weird old, probably World War One, World War Two vase that they're all hiding in. It's yeah. cool. It's, it's cool really looking. Cool. It's fun. It, again, when it comes to the tone, they really nailed like Circus Freak Show, the boss level castle. And the Rebel Hideout. Those three points that we spend, that's where we spend most of these movies are in one of those three things. And those three areas, they nail. They do a really good job with. They nailed it. I could have honestly skipped the whole like first 20 minutes where he goes and he's like, oh, the church has got to help me. And they're like, no, we're not going to help you. Just to spend more time in these other places. And it could have easily picked up in Bucharest with like a little voiceover or him just like, oh, the church isn't going to help us. He's like, what are you going to do? And he rips off the frock and brook. Anyway, we're not here to... We're here to nitpick Dracula, not the script. Yeah. Um, there is another cool part where Julia, because she's a, she's a hot dash reporter, by God. I don't think that's a real term, but okay. Um, and she's like, I need I need the story. I'm here for the story. And she shows them the camera footage of her people being attacked before their helicopter crashed. Mm-hmm. And the vampires don't show up on the video. So it just looks like these people are having their throats ripped out by nothing. Yeah. That's rad. It's I cool. love that. It's cool. Um, it's very, very cool. But they lock up all these people. They lock up um, Jason Scott Lee and Luke. Um, Julia can just go around free because she's cool with the rebels. Um, and then, by golly, we get vampires climbing down the side of the mountain to infiltrate this base. Mm-hmm. Um which was spooky. Yeah, it was a cool little cut shot it as they great. look up and, you know, it kind of exits out through the camp and then looks up at the cliffside and then you realize that they're crawling down and you're like, oh, cool. That's cool. It's very cool. Yeah. Um, the So the vampires show up, of course. Wah, wah. Um, Julia comes. She lets Jason Scott Lee out, but he locks her and Luke up and is like, I'll let you. I'll come back when it's free. Here's the, what it's safe. Here's the keys in case I don't come back by daylight. So he goes, he tears up these vampires with a flashbang in his whip. It's cool. It's just it's a cool. weird little yeah, weird, weird little fight. fight scene. Doesn't know what it wants to be. Doesn't know if it wants to be a full fight scene yeah. or to get some dialogue in. Doesn't Well, it's never revealed why the vampires are attacking. And I think that's a little yeah. context that's actually like Oh, it'd be cool to know that these rebels are like feared or that they're known of. And, you know, Dracula's trying to put them down, establish some relationship there. But are they, they there don't. for the rebels or are they there for Jason Scotley? Exactly. I want to know that. Uh, but as it is, it ex- it's an excuse for Jason Scotley to rip somebody's throat out with a whip. And um, freaking awesome. That's man. cool. I have the the whip is such an underused weapon in a lot of things in any form of media. It's obviously very difficult for the stage because it's a very dangerous weapon. But when movies can use it and when they can use it well, it's awesome. It's It's so, so cool and unique. And because he he picks up a gun at one point, but most of the time he's like, I don't use guns. And I was like, 
cool. I'm gl- I'm glad you don't. Let's do something something different. Yeah, you know that's that's um, the thing. Like as you said, he looks like a video game character, but I'm really cool with it. It's a fun little weapon combo that we don't get a whole lot. Like we've seen the crossbow, we've seen the wooden stake, and we get those in this movie. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. it's fun to see something. It's fun to see a new new hero weapon. Of choice. Luke's got a weird like mini harpoon gun that he launches <laughs> stakes with. That's pretty cool. And some croquet mallets that he's whittled he's into stakes. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty cool. I think. Yeah. Um. How the hell do they get that shit on an airplane? Um, <laughs> Two thousand five, man. How that's do they a, get that through that's security? A good question. Um. So we get another cool shot where the like Julia's camera falls and we see the vampires in the real world taking out the people, but then we see it through the camera lens and again we don't see the vampires. I love that. That's just I think always going to be cool to me. Yeah. I agree. Um, but they capture uh, some of the rebels. They kill most of the rebels. Um, the Luke and Jason Scott Lee. I'm just going to call him Jason Scott Lee from now on. And um, Julia all make it out. They drive up to Dracula's castle. Outside of Dracula's castle, this is the one time they should have used some more CGI to pad it out. Because outside of it, Dracula has staked up like 12 priests. And they're just impaled outside his castle. I could have used some CGI to make it a bit bigger. Yeah. Because as of now, it looks like he's in the middle of a DIY project and didn't quite... (laughs) finish it yeah there's like six on one side and like four on the other yeah two random ones towards the back it's a little strange the setup doesn't quite make sense it, but it's all practical which yeah. I lo- and like looks great because of that exactly i was gonna say it looks cool it gives jason scott lee a nice little sort of remembrance moment of like what he was and what he no longer is i think that's yeah. cool some character growth there yeah. um and as we'll see, he, he returns to the scene of the, scr- the crime later for a little motivation and a horse. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and an outfit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, they, they get captured. Um, finally, a villain in this movie, one of the villains from earlier who were kidnapping people, shows up. Doesn't waste any time, just like shotgun to the chest, Jason Scott Lee off the edge of the castle. <laughs> Doesn't waste any time. Nope. I lo- no words. It's literally they turn around, blam, shotgun to the chest. I love it. Bye bye, Jason Scott Lee. He flies off the side of the cliff. They capture Luke and Julia. Julia gets taken to Dracula. We still haven't seen Dracula yet. No, it's and been. We've got. Probably about now we're in and we still haven't seen Dracula. Still haven't seen it. Only heard like whispers about Dracula. Um, They capture Luke. Luke makes it out. Luke is actually our first like introduction to Dracula, which I I like because you get the feeling Jason Scott Lee wouldn't be that phased. But Luke is just a dude. Yeah. He's a good vampire hunter, but he's a he's just a a person. And so he is like way more freaked out. Do you want to talk about this Dracula yeah, well, introduction. And there's a little bit of the scene leading into it too. Um because they oh, yeah, drop yeah. so they take all of these 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 people that the the blood runners is what I'm going to call them. They they've been capturing these people and they're dropping them off at Dracula's castle so that the for the vampires to kind of feed on them. And so they drop them off in the literal courtyard of this place which has a large puddle of blood in the middle. Um and you know, it's so good. Yeah, he Luke looks around and is like Oh, fuck. This is a slaughter pit. I have to get the fuck out of here. And starts climbing the walls. One of the villagers sees him and follows him. And as they're climbing up, she gets snatched midair. And 
everyone is dead. <laughs> uh, vampires flood in. He just runs for his life. The intro's really cool because we're coming from that kind of scary place, right? Yeah. And as Luke had noticed earlier, Dracula had uh, TV satellites set up on his castle. And so as he enters this castle through this, you know, the third floor or whatever that he gets in, and he hears the TVs going on in the background, he kind of stumbles into this large room with screens everywhere. It sets, and, and a, the, the throne, a Dracula literal, literally has a throne room, um, sort of like in the back, there's cool lighting on it, it's, it's kind of partially covered up. It sets the stage really quick, it's fun. Dracula's got these TVs set up with just like the news, cartoons, like it's just it's it's disturbing. I'm just, like there I don't think there's another way to call it. It is a pretty terrifying and we like when Luke's walking through the castle, we hear just these screams. There's a wolf eating a hand. Yeah. All this stuff like just I think really builds up really well to Dracula's introduction. And honestly, Luke has a better reason to want to fight Dracula than Jason Scott Lee does. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, I mean, what's been driving Luke the entire time is finding a finding Elizabeth. Um, he has, like, kind of a personal relationship. He's looking for her. Um, and this is a compliment for Rutger Hauer. Rutger Hauer has an incredible ability to be childlike, yeah. despite being an old man. <laughs> um, yeah. And so the cartoons reinforce that combined with the news of what horrible things are going on in this in this mm. in Romania which you know he is behind it, you could tell that he's kind of reveling in the chaos that he's created it's it's a cool moment uh it's really he he's reveling in it and and then when Luke shows up he's like like Dracula easily kicks his ass and yeah. Luke's like let, just let me like see Elizabeth before you kill me and Dracula and Rucker Howard's like, you he like you ask a favor of me? And Luke's just like, yeah, like, please, like, can I do this? So Dracula takes him down, like, underneath his throne room to, how can we describe this? Um, <laughs> a, a, a large group, um, <laughs> semi-sexual, I'm, I'm a professional, semi-sexual um, vampire feeding pit. Yeah, it's um, it's it it again very much leans into the like eroticism of vampires. Um, a little a little too much for me personally. It's a, I, I, I we get it. Yeah. Um, but again, it's all practical, and that almost always makes it more engaging. They um, didn't have pikes with priests on them because they used the entire budget to fill this room with mostly naked women. Yeah, there's um, a lot in there. It's a it's a, it's a scene. Um, yeah. Dracula like throws Luke down into this pit and he's like, oh, maybe you'll find her. Maybe she won't be crazy. Good luck. Careful. Uh, they bite. Yeah, they bite. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll talk more about this in the combat score, but this is the point where um, we go back to Fitzy. He like wakes up. He tears down one of the priests and like takes his robe and he's he's wearing his priest outfit again. He's ready to kick Dracula's ass. He walks into the room. He sees Julia, who at this point uh, they've just decided is the love of his life. Yep. Just decided that that's like it's it's the woman he'd do anything for. Is this reporter he met two nights ago? 
she's shown affection towards him also like for whatever reason she's infatuated he hasn't shown like a single inkling of giving a fuck until right now (laughs) no it's 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 strange so like he shows up dracula has like stabbed her through the chest with a like a metal pipe or something yeah if you're in a vampire movie and you get stabbed don't Pull the thing out. Because <laughs> she di- she dies. She dies. right? Like, and it's instant, like, really quickly. Yeah. Um, but Dracula shows up. He's got a sword and a torch. And he's like, only through the, the forgiveness of God can I die. Otherwise, I can't die. And Uffizi's like, and literally just like Dracula's like, cross the sword and the torch opens his body. Uffizi like rushes him, stabs him through the chest, which has killed vampires this whole movie. And um, Dracula's like, oh, guess you don't talk for God anymore. Like backhands him across <laughs> the room. Pretty good fight between the two of them. I agree. I, I mean, my biggest nitpick is that. Look, I get that they wanted this sword to look like it's made of bone, which is a really cool idea. It's yeah. just that it's so clearly a plastic sword. It bends. It, it bends at the worst times. <laughs> it really does. It looks like the type of plastic sword some shitty goth 16-year-old boy would have in his room. Um, yeah. You know? Shout out to all you out there. I'm sure y'all are great, but like the sword doesn't look good, buddy. It's rough and it sucks because like they're both, they get, they both get some cool moves in. They get some cool lines. Yeah. It's a really, really interesting fight. And they managed to make Rutger Hauer, who at this point has to be in his 60s, born in 44. Yeah. Yeah. So like old, old man. Um, they managed to make him look good against Jason Scott Lee, who literally looked like stood in for Bruce Lee in a biopic. It right. was like a martial artist. They managed to make it look like a pretty even fight. Yeah. Um, it's great. It's really, really cool. It's and like the right combo of fast cuts, but also giving us some like some bigger shots so that we can yes. see a little of the action. It kind of works from a fight perspective. It kind of works. This movie does suffer from mid 2000s. This was a trend from, I think, probably 1993 to 2000. Uh, unfortunately, 2013, I think, where to emphasize that something scary was happening, they would put um, a filter or something over the camera and then they just go like <laughs> and just like rapidly shake the camera you gotta and wiggle you'd it you hear like rawr, rawr, and you'd hear like monster growls in the background yeah and then and then just they do that and then they'd cut back to regular normal movie yeah and i hate it yeah i hate it so much regular normal movie so much better much better. It's so much, much better, better when I can watch the movie. Yeah. I've found <laughs> in a strange way. It goes a long way um, somehow. It works somehow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they, um, while they're fighting, Luke, um, like, finds Elizabeth. She, like, throws him because she, does, she doesn't want to eat him, but she does want to eat him because she, she vampire. Um but uh, who? Oh, Elizabeth comes up and she throws a 
spear through Dracula? Well, Dracula kind of gets a few good moves over on Jason Scott Lee. But as you remember, Dracula had a torch in his hand and Jason Scott Lee stabbed him to the chest. So she just takes that handy dandy torch and stabs him right through the hole. Yep. Um, It's brutal. And then, um, yeah, so she's like, you do it. You can do it now. Um, Jason Scott Lee jumps up behind Dracula, like bites his neck open, just like drains him of blood. Dracula like falls to his knees and Jason Scott Lee chops that sucker's heads off with his own sword, (laughs) which is gnarly. And then he gets the line, uh, you could consider yourself blessed or whatever. (laughs) You could consider yourself forgiven. Forgiven or something. (laughs) Yeah, they credit him as Judas, as Count Dracula Judas. We mentioned this at the end of last week's episode. Yeah. They credit him as Judas. That's got to be something from the old movies because that does not come up at all. I think it has to be. Perhaps Dracula's Judas and that's why the church is involved. That's what I would be guessing guessing maybe they, they I f- know i figured dracula would just help like they just the church would just want to do something about that yeah that's something that could be too could be who knows we'll it's find the church. out <laughs> it's the church you know yeah um so they behead him and jason scott lee goes and like cradles um julia who's who's dead as a doordale at this point yeah uh and luke chops elizabeth's head off which more than anything Jason Scott Lee did, not Jason Scott Lee's fault, it's the script's fault, but it it's pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah. I felt I'd never seen the previous movie and I felt the history here. Like yeah. that one was actually kind of difficult. You you could you could see, you know, shout out to Jason London doing a little acting work. Crushes it. Like very emotional. Yeah. Um Evan, if I ever turn into a vampire, you have my full permission without mercy to kill me. Oh, I would. I and that was you, all but... I could think was I was like, I, I feel like I've built up the relationships in my life where if I was like clearly a vampire, that the people in my life would kill me and have no remorse about it. Yeah, absolutely. I like to hope I have. That's the that's the legacy you want to leave. It's what planet. we all strive for, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then the ending of this movie. Do you love it or hate it? I think it was a cool shot. Mm-hmm. I do not understand the choice, but mm-hmm. it looked cool. No, and the reason I ask you if you, one of my dearest friends, would kill me if I became a vampire crazy person is because the end of this movie, Luke's like, let's roll out. We got to go. Jason Scottley's like, just give me a second. Luke walks outside. The sun begins to rise. And we just get this cutaway to Jason Scott Lee now sitting on Dracula's throne and Julia wakes up, looks at, they're both looking at the camera. (laughs) Julia smiles. We get (laughs) what can, what can only be described as like hardcore MTV graphic (laughs) where it's just like, the king is dead. Long live the king. (laughs) That's the fucking movie. (laughs) All I could think was, Luke, turn your ass around and go in there and kill your old best friend because he's a crazy vampire lord now. You got to. I mean, literally, the implication is he is king of the vampires and just like kill Dracula to take his throne. He's not going to stop any of the bullshit. He's just bad now. And this isn't one of those Draculas where if you like 
kill him, all the other ones die. Right. Like there's still a basement full of vampires and they're pretty, they're pretty easy to kill. They're a little distracted right now. Yeah. They... Just go kill them. Go to Van Helsing, grab that sunlight grenade, just <laughs> chuck that down in the basement. Forget about it. It's over. <laughs> but they, Luke's just like, all right, we should go. And it's like, there's at least 20 more vampires in this castle. Right You've seen here. them, Luke. You've seen them. It's you not like he doesn't know. You over them. He's touched several of them, actually. Several of them. Yeah, it's disturbing. And they didn't um, eat him for some reason. It. Let I, me see. They're I'm, reading, I'm reading these reviews on, on um, the Wikipedia. Mm. This one is no world beater and hardly scary, but at least it's got mood and tone and atmosphere to spare. What did we say? Yep. There it is. Some decent acting and some solid atmospherics. Yeah. Dracula 3 is better than the wimpy vampire lore pioneered by Anne Rice. <laughs> Falls somewhere between Hellraiser, but above the Crow sequels. There we go. Yeah, yeah. It seems like appropriate placement for it. It's got some things going for it. It's also only an hour and a half, you guys. You can knock this out fast. Easily you can knock this out. And you get to see Rutger Hauer just go fuck around he, for 30 dude, minutes. Dude, he is so good in this movie uh, we also failed to mention uh this is also part of that intro of Rutger Hauer and this should be our lead into the grading um <laughs> when Luke enters his throne room a body is thrown at his feet where Rutger Hauer then continues to talk about how fear and age affect the taste of the blood and how the best way to like treat them how to get the best flavors out of out of a body and because it's Rutger Hauer, it works. Like, every other Dracula, that would be like, I, I don't buy that. But from him, you're like, oh, fuck. This guy has tortured people just so he could see how it affects what his body's taste like. It's nuts. He's got these, like, syringes hooked up to his arm, just yeah. pumping him full of blood. Yeah. He can do weird, like, mind echo thing where Luke is like, where's Elizabeth? And Dracula's just like, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, Elizabeth. <laughs> and just, like, makes it do these weird... It's... Su- I, this is a rad Dracula. I yeah. I don't love most of the movie, but I would, I would watch this again over... I think I'd honestly watch this again over Blade Trinity, even. I probably agree. At least that last 30 minutes, I probably would. Yes, definitely. Um, let's dive right in. Yeah. Humor, charisma. Um, it's fucked up, but this guy's kind of funny. He's funny. He's funny. <laughs> it's dark humor. It's not like, ha but it's like, oh, that's a solid line, man. <laughs> it's like... like Okay, you know this is again. This is a great example of an actor really like elevating a script because the line "careful they bite" is not good. (laughs) Rutger Hauer saying "careful they bite" is very good. It's great. Um, Yeah, I think this guy scores well here. Um, I think we're looking at like a mid to high six. Six point seven is what's in my mind. I was thinking a six point six, so I like a six point seven. Yeah, he's he's just he's he's funny. You can tell he's sort of. This is not one of those those Draculas where they're like, ah, we're going to make this guy sort of like, you know, he's he's a gentleman in some way. You know, he's he's got something else going on. They're like, nah, this guy is a villain. Um, no, this is like a this is a monster. Yeah. That I, needs to be put down. I le- really like it. Six, seven strong start. Yeah. Fashion sense. He's got a look. He's got a look. I like the hair. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. like the hair. I th- I'm like looking through some pictures. He's got this kind of 
uh, he's got a red kind of evening coat, I guess, maybe. Yeah. Um, I think it's I think it's quite striking, actually. I think the only part of it that I don't love is the um, uh, bracelets that he wears. Yeah. I don't I quite. I don't know if those are like are those. Is it a prayer bead thing? I I can't quite figure out what it's supposed to be, but but I think I like it. Yeah, I, I think I do too. I mean, again, it's at least it's not a knockoff, and there's some choices going on, but some, some clear inspiration has been taken. I think it's a nice combo. Like this is the I'm gonna I'm gonna show Evan a photo here real quick. Um, where in the hell? Here we go. So like this is the outfit I remember the most. He's just basically got like leather gloves, kind of a black shirt underneath it, and yeah. then sort of this like robe cut jacket. I think it's an homage. Yeah. This is the definition of homage. I can see Dracula in here. I can see Gary Oldman. I can see Bella Lugosi. I can see all of this in here. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's still his own thing. And honestly, I think this is one of the cleanest Draculas we've seen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he's just clean. Like, this guy could very easily... This is up there with Bella in terms of, like, this guy walks into a party, and except for the fangs and his and his eyes, this is a nice-dressed man. Yeah. And it's cool, too, because not... He's, he's clean, but... He's obviously not afraid to get dirty. Like he's got yes. that. He's got kind of like this crusty blood effect on him when we first mm. meet him, and then you can tell as he's like, you know, got to step up for the for the competition. He cleans up, kind of like without trying. Does he get cool. a bit younger? He might. I he, I think he might. I think he looks younger when he faces Luke versus when he's fighting off against Jason Robert Brown. Oh my God! Not even <laughs> Jason Scott. <laughs> I think he looks a bit nicer when he's facing off against Jason Scott Lee. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> when he faces a claim musical composer, <laughs> Jason Robert Brown. I don't know why I thought that. I forgot that Jason Robert Brown wrote this yeah, musical. Yeah, you Jason Robert Brown Legacy. was in this movie. <laughs> um, I, I would argue... For at least a 6.5. Yeah. I think a 6.5 is actually kind of perfect. It's it, He he draws a lot of influence from the other ones. I, we have to watch the other movies. I want to know if Dracula exists in this universe as like a pop culture figure. Um, yeah. They he, mentioned in the beginning how there are like the church has legends and like stories. And they he's corrupted every major religion, they said, yeah. on like every continent, which is cool. But. That was a cool bit. I would have watched the Dracula origin story for this movie, especially yeah. if it was Rutger Hauer the whole time. Um, oh, my God. But I, I agree. What you can see, I, I'm curious if he exists in pop culture because you could see how he would both influence – all the other Draculas mm-hmm. that we've gotten already. And I think that's kind of cool. I like that. I quite like it. Um, intelligence. I, You know, this guy's got to have a pretty good score because he's running this country. I mean, into the ground, but that's his plan, right? Uh, he's infiltrated all levels of their government. He has turned it into a civil war. And he's got people doing his bidding. Like, he's got a good setup here. And he's managed to do all of this with having 
nobody in the outside world knowing about it in the in the 2000s in the 21st century nobody knows about it and if you do know about it people think you are crazy because they're like oh vampires no i think he's up there with batman versus dracula wow wow i think he's got quite a plan i think i think the only point where i question I question what his true plan is because when he's facing Uffizi and he's like, only God's forgiveness can kill me. I get the sense he wants to die. Yeah. And I think that does impact the planning a bit because I think kidnapping Elizabeth Mm -hmm. is good enough. Yeah. Clearly that gets them on his side. Yeah. And then I have to wonder, okay, well, is that his main goal? Or is his main goal just to, like, cause chaos? Mm, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think it's to... I don't... I'm, I'm, I know I just said that, but I am questioning it. Because he does call the... He calls the other vampires his little angels, which is freaky as hell. Yeah, it's cool. I think he wants to spread chaos. And I think he's doing it in a really effective way. Yeah. I think that's very, very fair. Um, and... Well, yeah, when you say, like, what's his goal? And I think that's what we can debate for his intelligence. But I, I think I think you're spot on in saying that if his his goal is to install and in, instill chaos, to, to really just kind of reap the benefits of it. And as the church says, he's done this time and time again. That's the thing, right? Like, And you can tell, really... this is like an experienced Dracula. He's done this shit before. I think this might be our smartest. I kind of agree. Because if he's Judas, he's been around 2,000 years. Yeah. More. And somehow has managed to infiltrate every religion, like every major religion on every continent. Yeah. And even though the church, yeah, the church has records, you get the vibe. These are not like articles these are like we had like one person in this one village in this one area said that they saw this guy yeah who looks like him yeah i i think he's i think maybe even a nine i think this is our smartest dracula all right i'm in i mean i think he's got a plan i think he executes it brilliantly the only thing that stops him is not even, not even Uffizi. It's it's Elizabeth throwing was, the flame. Like, I was just gonna say. Here's the other thing: if Luke doesn't get down there and somewhere remind Elizabeth of who she is, he wins this movie. He wins the movie, and then defeats, and then like defeats the world because this is like the church's only defense, and you get the feeling the governments aren't doing anything. Yeah, absolutely. And I, we can kind of transition to the combat score with a bit of this. He. He kicks Jason Lee's ass. Like, yeah. it, he he just kicks his ass. And much better than he would have kicked, I mean... Jason Robert Brown's if ass. If he had certainly. kicked Jason Robert Brown's ass, this would be a different story. Um, I think it's a lot less impressive. But <laughs> fighting Jason Scott Lee, I think... Um, I mean, they exchange some good moves. He's pretty fast. Yeah, he is pretty fast. He's pretty um, strong, too. I mean, he, I Jason Scott Lee was already a vampire hunter, okay? Yes. Prior to getting turned into partial vampire. So yeah. clearly this guy's skilled. And again, he gets his ass handed to him at first. Yeah. He gets like thrown against a wall. 
And again, like his main move, stabbing vampires, just doesn't work. Doesn't work on on this guy. And that's the other thing. It's, I mean, we assume he is dead, but like beheading is kind of a pretty like, if that's what it has to be to kill him, that's kind of intense, man. Like, because even the torch, the torch doesn't even kill him. Doesn't phase him really. It's just a distraction. Yeah, it's a distraction. Because he, he tosses like it's a her multi-step off. process to kill this guy. Yeah. Including having his throat ripped open. Right. Stabbed through the chest. Kicked a couple of times. Yeah. Now, I, I agree. He's a pretty tough son of a gun. I mean, I don't think he's a perfect 10. No, I don't think he's a perfect 10. Okay, because I don't think his enemy is... His enemy is not up there with Batman and not certainly not up there with Blade. Yeah, Absolutely. But I think we have to consider Dracula released in twenty or Dracula twenty twelve released in twenty thirteen as kind of a comparable case study here. He just doesn't oh, have interesting. He just doesn't have the demon form. But you know, outside of that mm. demon form, I think this guy's easily on that level. That's very interesting. I I had not considered that. That makes a ton of sense, though. I think they are very comparable. Where it's like. The speed, you get the sense he could go super speed. He's got one move, which is like, it's it's what I talked about with Blade, where I wish he'd either be super fast or super strong, where he does kind of a cool little trick with his sword, where he like twists it at just the right angle and then like super speed corrects it and uses it to like poke yeah. Jason Scott Lee back a bit. That's a kick-ass move. Yeah. And also, if we remember this, I think super speed's actually well within his range. Because when Luke first walks in there, he is looking at Luke, and then boom, he is on the side choking Luke. That's true, and yeah. he does he does it within a blink of an eye. I I think he's a nine on yeah, this again. I agree. I think this is a nine. Again, this guy's not perfect. He's not getting perfect scores. No, but but is he above the average? Certainly. Yeah, I mean he's four numbers in, and he is probably at our average. It's impressive. Yeah. You know, shape-shifting. He does appear as a flock of bats at first. That's true. That's true. I, I was going to ask you, though, what do you think? I couldn't quite figure out if this was controlling bats or if he was flying in as a as a pack of bats. <laughs> the good old pack of bat maneuver. The good old pack of bat maneuver. I... I, I truly don't know. I was also um, kind of struggling because it's clear he kind of has a cape. But what I saw, vague, I what I thought I saw, was the the bats turn into his cape. I so, think so I think he's a flock of bats. Yeah. Um, and the and wings just of, sort of turn back. A little bit of mist action. Yeah, just a little, a little bit. bit. But it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice. Um, I mean, this can't be that high a score. He's only really Mm -mm. got one, one and a half of the transformations that we're looking for, if you count the mist. Um, But our first flock of bats. But yeah, it's a flock. It's a mighty flock, um, which I think boosts it a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Tis a mighty flock, indeed. (laughs) Tis a mighty flock, I saw, floating on the mist. (laughs) I mean... Is he is he around Scooby Doo? You think? I was just gonna say I think Scooby Doo is comparable, um, uh, maybe in that three and a half range. Yeah, I'm, maybe a th- I think a three point seven five. Yeah, sure. I a little like flock of bats bonus. Yeah, we got that flock bonus. Mm, his miscellaneous. Yeah. 
Okay, can I float something? Please, yeah. Listen, this is my actor bias coming through. Okay, all right. I'm contemplating saying that his his bonus, his miscellaneous here, should be that he's Rutger Hauer. Mm-hmm. This guy's one of the greatest movie villains of all time. You want to give him the Danish bonus. I want to give him the Danish mm-hmm. bonus. Mm-hmm. I think it's worth considering. When we started this show, we swore to never use the Danish bonus, <laughs> except in our darkest hour. <laughs> So I'm here to tell you that hour has come, my friend. The hour has come with Dracula 3 Legacy. <laughs> I think it's either the Danish bonus or it is... We are just like twisting the definition of miscellaneous. <laughs> to be fair, last week it was that he's green. So I guess the, like all rules are off, really. Um, I think it's that or I think it's his uh, kind of political machinations. I mean, that's also... If we want to go with the real answer here, that's it. He has torn down a government. How many people live in Romania? That's a great question. I have no idea. Romania population. 19.29 million. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. It's a big country. He has them all living in fear right now. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, you know it's what? a big country. It's a big country. And you know, most importantly, he's only like a couple of miles from Istanbul. And you control Istanbul. Yeah. That's all you, baby. That's a really good point. I I honestly think that's a look, I love Rutger Hauer and I I if you wanted to go with that miscellaneous, I would totally give it to him. But you make a really good point <laughs> that like how could we ignore overthrowing an entire government and disabling a country? And and it's all clandestine. Yeah. Cuz he let me tell you, he's not overthrowing the government. He has overthrown the government. The people fighting against him are the rebels. Right. Which means he is in the seat of power. Yeah. And he's successfully been staving off NATO forces for at least a... a what? We're five years into it. It's just five years after the second movie. So he did this in five years. Yeah. Like, not a lot. And and, and that's the thing. He doesn't, ex- he doesn't overextend himself. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a nine. At I least. think it's a nine point five. Nine point five. I'm going it. I'm hitting it. Nine point five. That point five is that Danish bonus. That's that Danish bonus coming through. <laughs> Grand entrance. I will argue for at least on level with Batman versus Dracula. I would totally agree. I totally agree. I think. I think we're looking at. Look, I can't give it. I can't give it the Bella five. All right. I'm not I'm not quite there. It has I think uh, and I won't I won't say it until we've seen it. In my head right now though, I think the only other person who can get a 5 is Gary Oldman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because that is like the only other one that is a blueprint. Right. For Dracula introductions. Right. This one definitely we've seen it before. We've seen the the echoing people's voices, we've seen the terrifying layer. Yeah. But I think that this one is the best one of those that we have seen. I agree. I agree. And I think a 4.8, 4, 4.9, maybe? I think a 4.9. I think it's literally just, it's it's just not there. If it has, if this had inspired some other ones, yeah. this would be a 5. If this, this were is, a better movie, it would be a 5. Yeah. Because this is really, really, really excellent. And this is, again, this is, this is, this is that... Danish bonus coming through. You know, yeah. Rutger Hauer elevates it big time. 
to an art form. I yeah. mean, it is, it's terrifying. It's funny. It's a little sexy. Like it's all of, it's every aspect of Dracula. Yeah. And I don't feel like any of it's forced or crammed in here. I feel like it's just there and it's yeah. scary. I agree. It's genuinely, it's pretty terrifying. Yeah. Again, um, in an atmospheric way. Yeah. <clears throat> Book bonus. <laughs> I I actually think this is better than we think it's going to be. Really? Okay, hit me with it. He's he's in his castle. Right. The castle's in Romania. The castle's in Romania. I think, okay, instead of where does he gain points, where does he lose points? Right, right. Being Judas. Yeah, big one. Big one. Again, though, I didn't see that in the movie. Yeah. I, that, I did that must not be, see that reflected that's in That's probably the in the second movie, and I'm not sure we can really take off that many points for it in this one. No, because it doesn't come up. It's yeah. not a plot point. It's not an explanation for anything. Yeah. It's not like, oh, this is why he's weak to silver. Yeah. They're literally just like vampires are weak to the, all the church stuff. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's just that's vampire rules. Like, that's not a. Yeah. It's not anything, I don't think. He's got brides. Yeah. Very animalistic. Yeah. I Still mean, very charming, though. Yeah. And I could imagine him also kind of like, he's got the, I mean, he's he's not a young man like he is in so many mm. of these movies. They went for an older actor, which is yeah. book accurate. He would be kind yeah. of old and creeping. He's got the hair kind of swooped back. He's just missing the stash. He's just missing the stash. But other than that, and I really pretty... think he could have had a stash and it would have been very intimidating still. He would have pulled um, off a stash, I think. Um, but other than that, it's kind of book accurate look-wise. Um, I think look-wise it's accurate. I think in terms of his... I think in terms of his general plotting of yeah. just wanting blood... Because that's the thing. It's not like he's going to the UN and is like, this is Vampire Nation now. Like he... <laughs> He literally just like took over this country and is like, great, I've got all the blood I need. That's all I need. Yeah. Um, Like we said, very animalistic. Yeah. I think he loses some points for the transformations, obviously. Yeah. Um, And then, I mean, the, the plot is just not the, the plot's not the same. And that's yeah. at least a point off. Yeah, I agree. But I don't think he loses that much ground, honestly. I mean, yeah, it's not like we give out a ton of high scores on this book bonus. And mm-hmm. he's probably around average in many of those ways. Um, I feel like a three. I was just going to say, I think a 2.5 is about as low as we can go, isn't it? Yeah, I, th- I think a 2.5 to a three, somewhere in that range. Yeah, um, 2.75. Because, yeah, the like the plot doesn't apply, but that's not – we're not – this, this book bonus isn't always about the plot. It's how accurate to the book is he. Yeah. I think a 275 is is fair. Yeah. I think in a lot of ways he's very close to the book. Yeah. Um, We're basically giving him just over halfway, which is respecting that the performance itself has a lot of the right qualities. It just, yeah. he can't help the plot of the movie. He's can't doing. help the plot. No, can't change that. That's not his fault. Um, anything we want to go back and adjust? Honestly, I'm really happy with this score. I think it really reflects a lot of what we get from this Dracula. Yeah, I would maybe, we're actually, I think we're almost just about due for a going back and looking at a couple. Mm. Um, so I, I think I can hold off any ideas until then. I want to sit with this. I watched this yesterday, so I want to sit with this one a little bit more. Yeah. Ruminate on it. But I love that grand entrance. 
I think his combat score makes a ton, a ton of sense. That is the combat score, I think, is getting more and more focused as with each episode. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel very confident assessing a Dracula's combat abilities now. Yeah. <laughs> we have, a, we have a lot to sense. go off of. Can we yeah. just give a shout out to Rutger Hauer for putting together the, what, this is our third highest score, isn't it? Batman Maybe. versus Dracula and Van Helsing. Are those the only two above it? Yeah. And he's only like two, 1.7 ish points below Batman versus Dracula. That's impressive. That's impressive. I think this is our third highest. Yeah, look wow, at that. Good for him. Good for him. Welcome to the family, Rutger. And it could only be, it could only be Rutger Hauer in a B movie that could pull out a performance like this. Exactly. I mean, because let's fantastic. be honest, he elevates a he elevates a, a B minus movie to like kind of a B plus. Like, yeah, he does a lot. This is, yeah, this isn't an this is not an A movie, but this is like. Right, right below yeah. being an, a good movie. Again, if um, they if the yeah. plot was just a little clearer, a little better worked out, you've got enough good performances and a great Dracula that it could have pulled this movie up. Yeah. And I think I'm curious. Um, we, we should just say we're going back. Uh, I think we decided we're going to watch Dracula 2000 next week. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to do Dracula 2 Ascension the week after that. So yeah. we're just going to knock this trilogy out. Um I am really curious to go back because this is this is a Dracula who is the same character but has been played by a different actor in all three of these movies. Yes, absolutely. Um, Gerard Butler played him in 2000 and uh, Stephen Billington played him in Dracula 2 Ascension. Gerard Butler. Let's let's do it, buddy. Let's do it, man. I'm ready for Gerard in here. My Scottish um, brethren, let's do this. I am I'm really curious about this trilogy now, frankly. Yeah, um, same. I'm like really, really interested in it because this is overall a solid movie. If you want a movie, it's honestly, you know what it reminded me of the most is mm. the uh, some of the better Resident Evil movies. Absolutely. That's a great comparison. It's very underworld, but it, honestly, I think stylistically it's closer to the Resident Evil movies. I think that's um, a great the, comparison. Yeah, it's very much in that wheelhouse. So if you're looking for something like that, where you can kind of put it on and not think about it, except for the last half an hour, like definitely pay attention to this Dracula. But if you're looking for something like that, that you can just kind of put on and not feel like you're losing brain cells. It's a net zero movie. You're not gaining a whole lot, but you're not going to lose anything either. Yeah. And hey, if anybody out there who worked on this movie is listening, I'd still love to get the origin story for this track. I'd love 100%. to see him toppling governments and affecting religions over and over and over again. I want a I want a um I want a mini series probably HBO Max, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want an HBO Max mini series. I want Klaus Bang to yeah. play the Dracula. I think we got to keep the Danish thing going. I don't know what it is about the Danes. They just knock Dracula out of the field. Yeah. It's crazy. It's weird. I want that. And each episode is, is like a different culture or religion that he yeah. infiltrated. Oh, that'd be cool. Good call. It is. It's great. I think this is a good movie. Yeah. I kind of agree. Yeah. How are you going to leave the show today? Um, oh, I mean, I'm going to go out on stilts. Okay. I'm taking Classic. one giant step after another, avoiding those drainage ditches. And, um, <laughs> 
I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna waddle my way home. What about you? Uh, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna fix up an old car on the side of the road and drive it back to London and publish my memoirs. There it is. We will see you next week for Dracula 2000. Good night. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>